Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Thank you so much for joining me. Every Saturday, I air an episode like this where I either talk to you or interview someone that I think you can learn something from. And every Wednesday, I air an unscripted, unproduced, unedited coaching session between me and someone I've never met. So make sure to check those out. And if you want to get on the wait list to be coached live on the show, then go to christinehaster.com slash wait list and apply. We love to have a variety of different people on the show. And if you've signed up to be on the wait list and we have to reach out to you, just be patient. It's usually, there are a lot of people that apply, which is awesome. And we try to pick, you know, different issues, different topics and have as much diversity as, as possible. So don't hesitate to apply. No problem is too big or too small. I don't see them as problems anyway. I just see them as things we're going through in this thing called the human experience, which is pretty freaking challenging at times and is also pretty freaking magical and blessed a lot of the times as well. So today I have a friend joining me who's also an incredible coach and speaker and author. I've known her for a very long time. We met in Australia. She is an Aussie. Her name is Melissa Ambrosini. She's the author of a new book called Comparisonitis, which is going to be the subject of our conversation today. Just so much great information on what comparison is, how you can beat it, um, and how we can actually heal from comparison so that we have healthier, closer, intimate relationships with people. And Melissa gives a lot of really practical step-by-step advice that I think you're going to find really valuable. Her other books are Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide and the Audible Original Purposeful. Melissa is the host of the top-rated podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, where she shares her wisdom and interviews the biggest thought leaders and experts in the world to help her audience unlock their full potential and live their dream life. And yours truly has been interviewed on her show. I think it was in around February, and we talked about the inner child. So you can go back and check that out. When Melissa isn't writing books and recording her podcast, she's speaking on stages and teaching and creative online programs. She has a deep commitment to empowering others to become the best version of themselves. She believes that awakening is possible for everyone. And I agree. Before we dive in, I want to check in with you. Have you gotten your Organifi products? Remember, when you go to Organifi.com slash over it, you get 20% off all Organifi products. So I know that so many of you right now, you want to keep your immune system up. You want to stay healthy and you don't want to put like a lot of work and energy into it, right? Because sometimes just life is enough and thinking, oh my gosh, how do I make my green juice or what do I put in my smoothie or how do I stay healthy with life on the go? That's why Organifi is so great. It's a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. They have an immunity pack, their green juice, their red juice. I really love their turmeric gold, which makes an awesome turmeric latte, iced or cold. You can do it however you want. And I know I can really count on the ingredients and I'm getting good quality nutrition in an easy way that really tastes amazing too. So get your Organifi products. It's not a one-time thing. And every time you go and order from Organifi.com slash over it, you get 20% off. So again, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. Melissa, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, honey. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, and you've just gone through a big life change. (laughs) (laughs) becoming a mother, which is so exciting. So congratulations. Thank you so much. It's so beautiful. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. And my heart has been cracked wide open. And it's, 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all have our journey into motherhood or deciding we're not going to be mothers or for a lot of people, it just doesn't happen. And I think it's an initiation for all women to go through that decision or birth or whatever it is. And it's so important not to compare our journey to other people's journey and just have our own journey, which brings me to one of the subjects of today's calls, which is comparisonitis, which I love that term. And of course you have a book by the same name, Let's start off by you defining what comparisonitis is. So basically, comparisonitis is when we compare ourselves to someone else and we make it mean something negative about ourselves. So there is healthy comparison and then there's very unhealthy, toxic comparison. And a lot of us are suffering from the unhealthy, toxic comparison. And in the book, I talk about how we can move through that, how we can heal our comparisonitis and feel complete and whole within ourselves again. What's the difference between healthy and toxic? Okay, great question. So healthy comparison is, let me tell you a story. There was this one time where I went to the gym and I got on the treadmill and I was running and someone got on the treadmill next to me and she started running and her incline was higher and she was running at a faster speed. And I looked at her and she was kind of similar build to me, similar height and body shape. And I thought, hmm she can run at that speed. Maybe I can. And in that moment, I used the comparison to inspire and motivate me. And that's what we want our comparing to do. We want it to inspire and motivate, not go down the other road, which is toxic toxic comparison, which can lead to anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and even suicidal thoughts. So there's healthy comparison like that where we look to someone and we go, oh, if they can do that, so can I, and use it as inspiration and motivation. And then there's very unhealthy comparison, which is looking to someone else and going, I'm not good enough or I can't do that or they're better than me. Mm, So the first, the healthy is more that aspirational, inspirational. And the other one just makes you feel like crap, basically. And makes you feel not good enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know, for me, many years ago when I wrote my first book, I looked at other people and I thought, well, if they can write a book, so can I. Like if they're they're just like me, they're, they're, you know, a woman of my age, like if they can do it, so can I. And so it propelled me to write all of my books. So we can use it as inspiration and motivation. And I talk about that a lot in the book. And instead of going down the unhealthy toxic spiral, we want to use it to propel us forward toward our dreams. Did you have a lot of toxic comparison? Was that something that really impacted your life? A thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) What were the ways it got you? Like, can you share some stories? Yes. So I actually, before I do what I do now, I was a professional dancer and I did acting and TV presenting and I started dancing from the age of three. And when I got into high school, I began uh, doing it professionally. I was getting paid to do it. And that is when the real comparison started. I started comparing my body to other females. I started comparing if I would get the job or if I wouldn't. And I made it mean something about myself. I made it mean that I was less worthy, that I wasn't good enough, pretty enough, or smart enough, or skinny enough. And in that industry, 
you are openly compared to other people out loud, you know, casting agents or directors, they, they line you up and they will literally, there was, I had this one experience where I was at an audition, a dancing audition, and they literally lined all of us girls up and they walked down the line And they were saying this under their breath, thinking that we couldn't hear, but they would say, too tall, thighs too big, not tall enough, eyes too close together, not the right hair color, you know, and no matter how aware and conscious you are, and you can say to yourself, oh, that wasn't my job, or they were looking for a blonde, or they were looking for someone with higher kicks or blue eyes or something like that, no matter how much you tell yourself that, it still does eat away at you. And it really um, starts to erode your self-confidence. And so that's what happened to me. Years and years of those little comments that just uh, happened, it kind of chipped away at my self-worth. And uh, at the end, uh, you know, at um, the end of it, which is about 2010, it ate away so much at my confidence that I ended up in hospital with a whole host of health issues, both physically and mentally. I was dealing with anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. And that was when I realized that I was really suffering from comparisonitis. And what are some of the ways that you got out of it? I know you probably talk about this in the book, but I think a lot of people can identify, okay, like I know when I'm inspiring myself with comparison because that makes me feel better, but I notice a lot more when I'm comparing myself to other people and social media definitely hasn't helped with any of that. So, you know, obviously there's things we can say to ourselves, but I know that that, I know for me and for a lot of people, that doesn't really work. Something else needs to shift or we need kind of a process to recognize it and shift it. So can you walk us through how we can, after we recognize, okay, I'm an unhealthy comparison, what we can do to get out of that loop? Yeah, absolutely. I've got this technique called the ACEs technique, which is a four-step process, which I'll talk you through. And this is how I get out of comparison whenever I catch myself in it. And I just wanted to also say, you mentioned social media and I have a whole chapter in the book on social media and it, you know, social media is an amazing tool for our businesses, you know, and for being able to connect with incredible humans. It's, it's amazing. And it can also be used in a very unhealthy way. So we need to kind of do a little check-in with ourselves and, and ask ourselves, what is my relationship? Honestly, like what is my relationship like with social media right now? Do I need to make a few tweaks? Do I need to, um, you know, maybe unfollow a few people or something like that? So there's a whole chapter in the book on social media and also influencers and influencer culture. But I want to share with you my four-step ACEs technique. And this four-step process is to help you feel ACE again, because when you're comparing yourself, you don't feel ACE. You feel really down within yourself. You feel crap within yourself. You don't feel like your best self. So this four-step process helps you feel ACE again. And the first uh, letter A stands for awareness. As you know, all transformation comes back to awareness. That's the first step. Like we have to become aware of 
what it is that we're actually doing. Where are we comparing? Uh, is it on social media? Is it with a particular person? And what areas of our life? Is it around relationships? Are you comparing to all of your friends who are married and have the house and the baby and the car or whatever? Um, or is it around work, uh, money, finances? Is it around parenting? Is it around your body or health or your skin, you know, what is it for you? So become aware of the areas where you compare and what are the triggers for you. Is social media a trigger? Is a particular person a trigger? And even write it down. I find with any personal development, when you kind of get clear on it and you write it down, you're halfway there. The healing has already begun. So awareness is the first step. The second letter C stands for choosing a different path. So in the past where you may have chosen to go down that toxic spiral of I'm not good enough, or why doesn't that happen for me? Or why can't I meet my soulmate? Or I'm fat and I'll never lose the weight or whatever it is. Instead of going down that path, I want you to choose a different path. And the other path you're going to choose, because there's only two choices, the other path you're going to choose is the path of motivation and inspiration. So what is it in that person that you see? Because what you see in that other person you have within yourself, otherwise you wouldn't be able to see it. But what is it that you see in that other person that is causing you to compare. And I want you to use it as motivation and inspiration to propel you forward toward your dreams, toward your goals, whether that's a relationship goal, health goal, financial goal, whatever. So that is the second one, choosing a different path. The third letter E stands for eliminate. When we are going through the healing process, sometimes we need to remove the trigger. And this doesn't mean you have to completely get off social media forever. It may mean that just whilst you're going through your own process to maybe spend a couple of days off social media or mute some accounts or Maybe don't have a conversation with that person who's triggering you. And this isn't about spiritually bypassing or anything like that. This is just to help you get clear and get some space so that you can heal and, and move forward in uh, your own life. So you can eliminate whatever it is. If you can't eliminate, uh, maybe you could exit the situation. So say you're around a dinner table and everyone's talking about their new uh, partners or all falling pregnant uh, or something like that. And, and you've just broken up with someone, or maybe you are struggling to conceive. And this is really uh, forcing you to compare, not forcing you. This is really um, making you compare yourself to others. You can simply hop up and exit the room, you know, go to the bathroom and just take a moment for yourself to recalibrate and recenter yourself. Or if you don't want to do that, or you can't do that, you can simply just exhale. You know, that's, I share this story in the book. Uh, it took us 18 months to conceive our beautiful daughter. And when my best friends were around me were falling pregnant, I remember this one time one of my best friends, she told me, and we had kind of said, let's do it together. Let's get pregnant at the same time. And then she got pregnant and I didn't. And I remember just 
feeling this pang, pain in my chest when she told me. I was so happy and excited for her and then also had this pain in my chest. And in that moment, I couldn't eliminate her and I couldn't exit the situation. So I literally just took a deep exhale. I just... And I just came back to the present moment and I got out of my head and came back to the present moment. I was able to feel joy and happiness for her. So you can exit, eliminate or exhale, whatever the situation is appropriate for you. And then before you move on to step four, I think I just want to, cause this, thank you for sharing that story, because I think that touches a lot of buttons with people, whether it's about pregnancy or marriage or job or, or whatever. And this and we can talk about friendships in a moment. I just want to bookmark it here. I think this erodes a lot of friendships, especially a lot of female friendships, because when we're in comparisonitis and someone has something we want, we often go into isolation. We often go into, mm-hmm. it's so hard to be around, like in your example, this pregnant friend, because it reminds me of what I don't have. And we can start to pull away from people that we really love and that we really want to be close to because it can just be so painful. So I love that you brought this up because I've definitely been there myself with, with, for different reasons, especially getting married, you know, getting divorced and then getting married way after all my friends and being at wedding after wedding and being a bridesmaid so many times and not only being a bridesmaid, but like being alone at the wedding. And I really it was such a great growth opportunity for me to be, to honor my feelings, to, to honor my longing. And there are many weddings I drove home crying from and be happy. And I had a lot of vulnerable conversations with friends. And this has been something that's really helped me to say, I'm so happy for you and I'm having my feelings about it and just be really authentic about that. And my friends could really hear that. And it kept us close rather than moving away and isolating. So I think that's such an important story you shared and such an important point. And I think that's where in this process, a lot of people probably check out because it's just too painful because somebody has somebody close to them has something they want so badly that they choose to kind of back up from the relationship rather than confront the triggers. I'm so glad you brought that up, honey, because I know and I, I've witnessed it and I've experienced it, many friendships ending because of comparisonitis. And it doesn't have to be that way. And like what you did, you practiced crystal clear communication, which is what I talk about in open wide. And you said, I'm so happy for you and I'm having my feelings. And that doesn't mean I'm angry at you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means I'm also having feelings. And that's exactly what I did with uh, this particular friend. And she knew, like she knew, she could tell by the look on my face that I was so happy for her and I was having my own experience around the news. And I think that's really important. And whatever the situation is, whether it's a relationship or pregnancy or, you know, a job or whatever it is, just to practice that crystal clear communication with that other person because the friendship doesn't have to erode because of it. Right. Exactly. And it, it teaches us how to be more courageously vulnerable too. And that creates more intimacy. And so that's where I think these, you know, when we notice that unhealthy comparison, we can use it as a growth opportunity and use it as a healing opportunity. And I've, I've always said the same thing about jealousy. You spot it, you got it. Whatever you're jealous of, 
it's because you're seeing something that you're not owning. And it's not a direct correlation. Like if I see Beyonce and I'm jealous of her, it's not because I have an amazing singing voice and dance moves because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, no matter what anybody says, it's not one of my gifts in life and I'm okay with that. But what I'm spotting is probably her owning who she is, her confidence, her unapologetic, this is who I am and really like stepping into that. And so that's really helped me with comparison and jealousy is looking at, okay, what exactly am I jealous of? Not the, not the house or the success or the dance moves or whatever, but what are the qualities that that person is reflecting that I'm not owning inside myself? And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I found that to be a very helpful tool that really has helped me really not experience jealousy in my life anymore. Yeah. So we got awareness. We got choose differently. We've got either exhale or it was exit the relationship, right? Or no, what was the E? It was eliminate, eliminate. exit or exhale. There we go. I, eliminate was the word that wasn't coming into my brain. <laughs> um, and then what's the S? This is shifting your state. So I find with me, whenever I'm doing any sort of personal development or transformational work, it's sometimes the emotion is stuck in my cells. And so for me, moving my body, shifting my state, moving my energy really helps as well as processing emotionally, then you've got to do the physical work. So for me, like shaking out my body, once I've kind of processed it, shaking out my body, dancing, diving in the ocean, even splashing water on my face, just doing whatever it is to help raise my vibration and to shift that energy out of my body. You know, there's so many amazing body workers and healers out there. You can do a kinesiology session. You could get some um, somatic work done. You could get a massage, you could do acupuncture, whatever, or you could just dance to Beyonce. You know, there's no rules here, but just do whatever you have to do to shift that energy, that unhealthy, toxic energy of comparison out of your body. Do whatever you've got to do to do that. Even I find sometimes just going for a walk really helps. Mm-hmm. I'm shifting the energy is huge. The sunshine and movement always does that for me or music and dancing. And not going down, because you're right, like when we go into unhealthy comparison, we go down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden, as you would say, the inner mean girl pops up and just can spend the whole afternoon or days beating us up and and Mm -hmm. telling us we're worthless. And when we can shift our energy, it's like that voice doesn't have as much power because we're using our energy in a different way. Yes. Do you find comparisonitis is more common in women than men or is it is it different the way we do it? I think it is different and firstly women have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Men have around right. 40 thousand. So we have more going on upstairs. You know, we have more of that internal inner mean girl chatter going on upstairs than men. However, men definitely do. And in a lot of the research that I was doing for the book, men a hundred percent deal with comparison. However, I have found in the research, they do use it a lot more than women to propel them forward. So they might look in the gym to the guy next to him who's lifting more and then they go, ah, oh, I want to do that. Or, you know, they might look to someone and go, oh, they, they, um, have built this home and they have this car and I want to do that. And I want to provide that for my family. So I have found in the research that they, 
do use it to propel, they use it as inspiration and motivation a little bit more than us females do. And uh, that's mainly because I think we have way more in a mean girl chatter going on up there, you know, 60 to 80,000 thoughts where they have around 40. Yeah. Yeah. And they, we use like more words too. We say like so many more words in a day than men do. So there's a difference. And I see this with my husband all the time. Like when he first came to the U S and was, you know, really building his career here, which was different than when he was in Perth. Um, and you know, he came into my life. So he was around like people that were, you know, at pretty high levels and I would see him kind of compare himself to other people and then just go go work harder, <laughs> just go, go do mm-hmm. it and be like, all right, well, they're way ahead of me. Okay. Then I need to do this, 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 and it just led to action. And I think I'm curious what you think of it. I think that can be a fine line because you know, it's like, okay, this is healthy and aspirational, but when does it become toxic in terms of I'm trying to be somebody I'm not right? Like mm-hmm. we can compare ourselves a lot of people and think, all right, well, let's just say, that you came into the world with uh, like a certain body shape, a really sturdy body, a certain body shape. And no matter how much you do, you may not look like a six foot, you know, supermodel. And if you compare yourself and like try to like starve yourself and work out like crazy, it's just going to probably lead to a lot of unhealthy emotional and physical things. So how do we find that line between going, okay, that's aspirational, but that's not my path. And I'm just going to admire that person, but I'm not going to use it to try to motivate me. Does that question make sense? Yes. I think it really comes back to knowing your purpose and what are your goals. And I, I talk about in the book, putting the horse blinkers on and not looking left and right and seeing what everyone else is doing all the time. And I think with social media, that's, you open the app and you are, you're looking left and right and up and down and over there and over there. And you're, you're bombarded with so much information that can quickly lead down the path of toxic comparisonitis. So I think it comes back to what is my purpose and what are my goals? And when you are so on your path, you know what your goals are, you know what your purpose is, you are a lot less uh, likely to look left and right and to compare. So it comes back to knowing what is your purpose and what are your goals? You will not compare yourself nowhere near as much if you know your purpose and your goals. Mm -hmm. And who you are, like really who you are. That's one thing that's really helped me is I see like so many people in our industry, you know, having bigger platforms and doing all these cool things. And and I'm just like, "Mm." I, I look at it and I'm like, I know what it took for them to get there. And I'm not willing to do that. I'm just not. And that's given me so much freedom to go. That's really nice. And I can admire and I can respect. Um, but I also know that in what I would have to do to get there in terms of my lifestyle and my values, it isn't worth it to me. So I can just admire. I, I don't have to let it be something that drives me forward. And that's a huge relief. It's a huge relief. <laughs> and what, what an amazing awareness to have that, you know, and I feel exactly the same, you know, it's, you can look at all of these people that are doing incredible things and you go, yes, I can see how much it took to get there. Am I willing to do that? Not at this phase in my life, not right now. I'm not, you know, I am, you know, still working 
and I'm a mum. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not at that phase where I want to run millions of events and have, you know, thousands of people at my event. Like I am a mama. So I think that's a really important uh, point that you made. And I'm so glad that you've mentioned it. I think it's very easy to kind of look at people and go, oh, that looks easy or that must have come easy to them. No, they have worked their buns off to get there. There's no such thing as an overnight success. They have worked their buns off. And and you and I, you know, know people in our industry, they have worked so much to get to where they are, to have the New York Times best-selling books, to have the number one rated podcast, to have thousands and thousands of people at their events. They have worked their buns off. And I can now appreciate that and go, yeah, well done you. Well done. And I'm, I'm here where I am right now. And I'm so happy with that. Yeah. It's, it's contentment. I think it's just such a, it's one of those words that people don't tend to get tattooed on their arm or get a necklace made out of, but contentment is such a huge thing. And when I finally started feeling content in my life, I thought, this is what I've been looking for. (laughs) This is it. Just feeling content, feeling like nothing is missing. And I think to women, especially, you know, coming off the feminist movement, being told we can have it all. It's like, but do you want it all? Like, what is, what is your thing that you really want? And another thing that helps me with comparisonitis is to also, this is where my spiritual practice comes in because I believe we're all on our unique karmic journey. And there's some things that people are just destined to experience and some things that we're just, we're not. And that's given me a lot of peace too, because we're, we're, we're the same in so many ways, but we're on different journeys and we're we're on different karmic paths. And that's given me a lot of acceptance too, is to go, okay, that, that, that's that person's karmic path. That's not mine. And I can appreciate it, but I don't have to like stress myself out or make myself feel like I'm not enough or I'm not trying hard enough. Because I think a lot of people feel they've tried so hard for something like I'm in Los Angeles right now. And I know there are probably a million people here who have tried for years to be a successful actor or actress and haven't been able to do it. Like haven't been able to crack it. Is it because they haven't tried enough? Is it because they're not talented enough? Or is it just because, you know, in this lifetime, it's just not going to happen. So I think there's a certain degree of acceptance that we all come to at some point of life of like, okay, this is my life path and I'm happy with it and I'm content and I'm going to stop thinking I need to be somebody else. I want to ask you, Melissa, about the four types of headspace healers that you talk about in the book. Yes, I love these so much. So these four headspace healers are so powerful and they have literally changed my life. So the first one is living vibrationally. Now, what that means is surrounding yourself with people and experiences that are of the vibration that you desire. So if you want to live like high vibrationally, like and, and have high vibe experiences, then you have to surround yourself with that. And comparison is very, very low vibe, very low vibe. We all know what it feels like to be in that toxic comparisonitis with our inner critic, our inner mean girl telling us that we're not good enough or pretty enough or skinny enough or whatever it is. So if you want to live at a certain vibration, then 
comparisonitis is is very low vibration and we need to surround ourselves with people and experiences that are of that vibration that reflect what we want to experience in our life. So that is the first headspace healer is you know, just taking a little look at your own life. Look at the people in your life. Look at the experiences that you are having in your life. And are they of the vibration that you truly desire? And if the answer is no, then something needs to shift. And if the answer is yes, then high five yourself and continue to live at that vibration that really lights you up and inspires you. So that is the first one. The second one is switching from the pie perspective to the candle consciousness. Now, let me explain what that means. So pie perspective is if you have made the most delicious banoffee pie that you've ever tasted in your life, if you don't like banoffee pie, maybe it's some other pie that you love and you want that whole pie to yourself. And when someone takes a piece of that pie, you make it mean that you have less, you know, instead of going, well, look at all of this other pie that I still have. You go, well, I've now got less pie because I had to give someone else that pie. So that is pie perspective. And a lot of people live in that world where if someone if i if someone takes something from me it means i've got less instead of that abundant mindset of there's so much more to go around or there's more for me you know look at how much is left for me even if i just give one slice to someone else i've got so much left for me so that's pie perspective and then candle consciousness is if you imagine yourself in a dark room and you have a candle and someone else enters that room and they have a candle, but it's not lit and you go up to them and you light their candle, it just makes more light in the room. And then someone else walks in and you light their candle again, more light and someone else comes in more light. And so that is the candle consciousness. It's there's more to go around. There is an abundance to give and to go around. And the more that I give, the more light that I get, the more light that I experience in my life. So I used to have that pie perspective, that lack mentality. That's how I lived my life for a long time. And now I have this candle consciousness, which is an abundance mindset. And switching from that, uh, from the pie perspective to candle consciousness really was a big headspace healer for me and shifted a lot in my life. And then number three is dialing up your self-worth. So if you want to heal what's going on inside your head, we have to come back to how worthy do we feel and are we telling ourselves that we are? How worthy do we uh, feel on a daily basis? Are we are we a 10 out of 10 on the worthy ometer or are we maybe a three or a four? And if we are a three or a four, or if we are feeling like we are a three or a four, what can we do to help dial up our worthiness, to help us feel whole and complete within ourselves. I know when I used to really struggle with feeling worthless, it was because I was comparing myself to other people. One of the reasons 
And so I would take myself through that ACEs technique and that really did help me dial back up my worthiness very, very quickly. So if you are really struggling with that internal negative toxic dialogue and you want to heal that headspace of yours, then looking at how you feel and being honest with yourself on where do you sit right now on the worthyometer scale? Are you a 10 out of 10? And if you are, then high five yourself. Um, But if you're feeling less than Ask yourself what's going on. What are the stories that you're telling yourself and can you let go of them right now? And the answer is yes, you can. So dialing up your self-worth is a great headspace healer. And then the fourth headspace healer is casting aside your inner critic or what I call your inner mean girl. And I wrote a whole book on this called Mastering Your Mean Girl. And I did a TED talk on this, um, which we can link to in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out. But one of the biggest reasons we are struggling internally and we are feeling pain and resistance is because we are listening and believing that internal, egoic, inner critic, inner mean girl voice inside our head. That can cause us so much internal pain and suffering. And if we learn how to cast aside that inner critic so that our true self can shine through, which is what I talk about in the book in the TED Talk, then you will start to feel and remember the truth of who you are, which is that you are a whole and complete magical miracle. We all are. There is absolutely no mistake that you are here. There's no accidents of any for anyone being here. We're all here because we matter and we have a purpose and we have a unique vision and message to share. And this doesn't mean that you have to go and be Oprah, the next Oprah or the next Tony Robbins, you you can make a difference in your home, in your four walls or in your community or even just within yourself. And so we need to remember that casting aside that inner critic and letting our true self shine out is the reason we're here, to share that beauty with the world. So they're the four headspace healers that – have really changed my life. I love that. I love that. And I have a scene because I've known you for, oh gosh, 10 years, probably. I, I can't yes. even think. Um, and I have really seen you drop into just this place of, of self-acceptance and, and confidence and self-love and just a real peace inside yourself. So everything Melissa's sharing, everyone, like she, she walks this, <laughs> she really has embodied this. So I encourage you to go out and, and get this book. Please share with um, our listeners where they can connect with you and where they can get this book. Thank you for those beautiful words, honey. And I have loved, I think it's actually 11 years that we've been friends. Um, So it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. So I love our friendship and you're just such a beautiful person and you walk your talk too, as well. You you you. practice everything that you preach and you are a beautiful human and I just love and adore you so much. And uh, everyone can grab the book at comparisonitis.com or you can come to my website, which is melissaambrosini.com and come and introduce yourself to me on Instagram. I'm just at Melissa Ambrosini and send me a DM and tell me one key takeaway that you got from this 
episode, I would absolutely love to hear what's the biggest thing that resonated with you and um, how I can support you further. Uh, but yeah, Melissa Ambrosini and I've got my own podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, if you want to check that out as well. But I would love for you guys to read Comparisonitis and let me know what you think. It's a very helpful book and very timely for what's going on in the world right now. Very much so. Very much so. Thank you so much, Melissa. I adore you and I'm so happy for you as a new mama and just being such a inspiration and so aspirational to so many of us. So thank you. Thank you, honey. I'm so grateful. 